0: Welcome to the Australian Chiropractors Association podcast. The ACA is the peak body representing chiropractors in Australia. Hosted by ACA president, Dr. Anthony Coxon, these podcasts explore the science, art, philosophy, and politics of chiropractic, as well as reviewing the latest research and discussing how chiropractors can strive for excellence in practice. Welcome to the Australian Chiropractors Association podcast. I'm your podcast host, Anthony Coxon. How certain are you about your patient's response to care from their first visit? If you're an experienced practitioner, then you've probably got a good hunch. But if we're honest, sometimes it's a bit grey. Low back pain is certainly one of these problems that fall into that unpredictable category, particularly so for chronic low back pain. There are many red flags that caution practitioners with regards to prognostic confidence High distress, compensation claims, high levels of disability are common screening questions and the use of various PROMs, uh, patient rated outcome measures, uh, may assist with this process. Now, most of the studies that have looked at this uh, have looked at patients who have a high level of pain and therefore high risk of disability. But today we're going to discuss a recent Australian study that's looked at predictors of low back disability, but in the patients with moderate pain and medium risk of disability. The lead author, Dr. John Petrosi, uh, graduated from Macquarie University in 1998. He's practiced in Leichhardt, Sydney for the last 21 years, uh, a practice that he's co directed with his wife, who is also a clinical psychologist. Recently, uh, John submitted his PhD uh, to the University of Sydney Faculty of Medicine and Health with the assistance, I might say, from the ACA as he was a PhD scholarship. His thesis title was Management of Chronic Low Back Pain in Chiropractic and Physiotherapy Practice. He was recently appointed as a board director of the Central and Eastern Sydney Allied Allied Health Network. And today we're going to be talking about, as I said, his recent study called Predictors of Low Back Pain Disability in Chiropractic and Physical Therapy Settings. Hi, John. Welcome to the ACA podcast.
1: Hi, Anthony. Thanks for um, inviting me to speak
0: today. It's great to have you here and congratulations on achieving your PhD. Uh, what made you look at this particular research question?
1: Uh, Well, I think probably the first thing that brought me into research all that time ago was um, being in practice for a while and having too many questions and not enough answers. Um, Particularly one of the burning questions I always had is why did that patient get better but this um, this one here didn't? Um, And that sort of question nagged at me for years and years and years. So um, practicing full-time and and studying part-time, I sort of thought I can do that, I can manage that. And uh, so I did that for the last six and a half years. Um, with the assistance of um, the Australian Chiropractors Association, like you mentioned. Um, I was so grateful to to receive that three-year PhD scholarship. Um, Certainly helped to pay the bills while I studied. Um, But, yeah, really the thing that got me into the research and particularly into this study here um, that we'll discuss today is why do some um, patients get better while others um, don't have the same outcomes um, as as the others do? So, yeah. Yeah.
0: So I think um, one thing I'd like to perhaps go through, first of all, you, um, your particular study looked at uh, people of medium risk. And of course, that would fit a lot of the uh, patient profile that uh, chiropractors would see on a day-to-day basis. There is a bit more information out there on the high risk, um, you know, high level of disability uh, as far as chronic low back pain. Can we just touch on that before we get into your study? Um, what are some of the key predictors for poor patient outcomes in that, you know, uh, severe or, or high risk group?
1: Yeah, sure. So probably to start with is just explaining what um, what the, those risk stratification levels are. So if someone's at a low risk um, of disability, of ongoing disability or medium risk or high risk, what it means is that they've got some physical or psychosocial um, Um, factors that are going to um, lead to ongoing disability. So, for instance, if we're talking about the high risk group, um, what researchers has found is that uh, patients that have got high levels of psychological distress, for instance, high levels of catastrophizing, um, poor levels of self-efficacy, high levels of of disability or or depression, To have ongoing disability, which basically means that if a patient that's got those sort of symptoms or cofactors comes and sees you as a a patient, um, addressing physical um, concerns won't necessarily address their their psychological concerns or or social concerns. So it just means that um, they'll more more than likely continue to have um, disability um, in the future. So usually, high risk individuals will go and typically see a a doctor, their GP. Um, Very rarely will they make it into the chiropractor's office, but they do, and they have done in my clinic. I'm sure you've seen it as well, Anthony. Um, But they often will respond to medication or need need medication in terms of controlling their symptoms, um, particularly their pain. So they'll often um, move into the secondary or tertiary care settings where they'll find um, pain management clinics in hospitals where they've got a multidisciplinary team, they'll tend to get a a good result. So what that means is they'll have access to a team of clinicians um, in a hospital-based setting, usually, um, where they might have a practice nurse, um, social um, support, psychological support, um, and medication, as well as um, exercise therapy from the physiotherapists. So. Usually, if someone's in a higher risk category, it's a matter of identifying them to start with and then um, putting in, in measures in place to, to bring them down into a medium risk group um, or addressing particular red flags um, or yellow flags that they're presenting with. So when it comes to chiropractors, um, yeah, the most common group that we see are the medium risk group of patients with low back pain. Um, So that means that they'll have some psychological and social um, risk factors that might uh, mean that they'll have ongoing disability. Um, For instance, they may have a level of catastrophizing about their pain. So what might that look like is that someone's come to see you um, with back pain that's been there for longer than um, six weeks, which means it's gone to a chronic stage. So their pain hasn't shifted too much and they've got some work demands that so they need to get to work in order to, to um, earn a living. Um, so what can happen is if the person has high levels of catastrophizing and might start to, to, to think about how their problem hasn't shifted over the last six weeks and will continue forever, for instance. So identifying someone who's in the medium risk group means that um, you can still provide your physical treatments because that's, that's still guideline best practice, a short course of manual therapy. Um, but it also means that once the um, the psychosocial risk factors are identified, something needs to be done about those as well. So if someone's come in with um, high levels of catastrophizing, for instance, but their levels of disability are quite low, well, having a conversation about, well, your back is strong um, and you can cope with with the sort of activities you're doing at work to try and almost talk them down from a mindset of, my back's so bad I can't do anything else anymore. So I'm not sure if that answers the question, Anthony, but high risk groups don't necessarily walk in um, to chiropractors' offices um, because usually they're sort of cut off at at the gate um, and sent into tertiary care, pain management clinics, because at the moment that seems to be one of the better um, options for, um, for them.
0: So one of the things that you use in um, in terms of categorizing whether someone's in a, uh, a low, medium, or high risk is uh, the the StartBack screening tool. Now, you've kind of alluded, um, uh, without actually going into the details of it, you've kind of alluded to what that's sort of about, but maybe you could just uh, talk a little bit about how you use that particular tool.
1: Yeah, sure. Thank you. So, yeah, the StartBack tool has been used in physical therapy settings for a while. Um it was developed at Keele University in the UK. Uh, and it's, there's a, it's a great questionnaire because it's, it's quick. And the instances that you would use it is if a new patient come, has come to visit the chiropractor um, and it's for a chronic low back pain complaint um, or back pain complaint in general, then giving them a the start back tool will allow you to stratify them into either, either a low risk or medium risk or high risk group. And for instance, there's a, there's a five question start back screening tool. And the first question um, is that the patient answers is, um, it's really not safe for a person with a condition like mine to be physically active. And it's a simple disagree or agree. Um, if they, click, if they um, tick the disagree box, it gets a score of, um, of zero. If they tick the agree box, they get a score of one. Um, and the second question is, worrying thoughts have been going on through my mind a lot. Of the time in the last two weeks? So that question really starts to, um, um, to d- dig into their, their mental state and their mindset about um, how they're reacting to their ongoing back pain. The third question is, I feel that my problem is terrible and that it's never going to get any better. Fourth question is, in general, in the last two weeks, I have not enjoyed all the things I used to enjoy and the fifth question is, overall, how bothersome has your condition been in the last two weeks? And that's um, a bit of a different scoring question. That's not at all, slightly moderate or very much. So the start back tool looks at physical, psychological and social um, um, background of, of, of the patient with chronic back pain. And if they're in the low risk group... Um, they tend to, or uh, the clinical guidelines recommend a, sh- a just it's actually really one visit of of talking, um, without any treatment at all, and it's talking about um, giving advice and reassurance that the condition is going to improve, um, and I, I think typically and traditionally chiropractors um, have found it difficult to just talk because we're doers, and yeah. I, I know I've found that in the past that I just want to get stuck in and and, and do something physically because I know that. Um, I've seen I've seen changes with patients in the past and I've seen other chiropractors get great changes in the past as well um, but sometimes um, getting somebody into um, physical treatment that um, is in a low risk category of chronic back pain doesn't do them any favours in the long term In actual fact that um, some research has shown that it can pathologise there um, it can pathologise them I'd say because they're They've come in with a condition that doesn't really warrant um, treatment, but they've received treatment. And and what can actually happen is over time they can shift into the medium risk group because someone's telling them that um, actually you need treatment um, because something's something needs needs um, needs addressing.
0: And, uh, uh, yeah. and I was just going to say that um, I know just thinking about my practice and the people that I see, I would fire. I I certainly do use things like the start back um screening tool i use the nine question one um which is obviously a, still a very very simple and easy to uh, to fill out and easy to um uh, to score i, I guess I de- it depends very much on uh, as far as the hands-on treatment i would find it as a chiropractor knowing what i know yes prioritizing um you know an active approach and encouraging those sorts of things and having those conversations. But to not actually be putting my hands on a patient, to not be doing something, uh, I, I must admit, I would find it pretty hard to go down, down, that, um, down that line, you know, knowing, knowing what I know about my experience with chiropractic. Uh, I'd imagine that a lot of the profession would be a bit reluctant while they, they can certainly see an appropriateness of prioritizing certain things with a, a more of a psychological approach for those who clearly need it. But to not actually check the spine and be doing something to improve biomechanics, if you find those biomechanical problems there, that's that to me doesn't seem quite right.
1: Which is good because um, we don't get a whole lot of people in the clinic um, that are in the low risk category. Um, so most of the people that go, to, go and see um, physical therapists, chiropractors, um, physiotherapists uh, are in the medium risk um, group. And the medium risk group the clinical practice guidelines, um, they recommend a short course of manual therapy, which is yep. that's, when we, that's when we do our thing. Can um, I ask
0: just, just for clarification, you, that you, um, you mentioned the low risk. So this is low risk of disability. So the, um, I would have thought that that's someone who has fairly good self-efficacy, low psychological stress um and possibly you know physically they they might need a bit of work but aren't too bad you're saying that that low that low risk group we're not supposed to be doing hands-on or or less hands-on is that what you're saying
1: yeah so the guidelines suggest uh, or recommend um that there's no hands-on therapy for um, for low risk so again just to clarify a few things so as chiropractors, we look at things more broadly and more holistically than, for instance, a um, um, someone who's more biomechanic, biomechanically orientated, like a physical therapist. Yep. Um, so that's that's probably one just clarifying point. The second clarifying point is that the guidelines um, for chronic low back pain are actually guidelines for non-specific low back pain. So that means pain between the 12th rib. This is this getting technical, but... The guide, This guideline is for pain between the twelfth rib and the gluteal folds, which is the bottom of the glutes. Um, so, because people can't be put into boxes, and you know, the patient who comes to see you who who's in the low risk group probably has mid back pain. They probably have a, a sore shoulder. They've probably got a sore hip. So, um, I think the point I'm trying to make is people are complex when patients aren't simple. Yeah. Um, so, even though they're in the lower risk category what the guidelines recommend is a hands-off approach for their chronic low back pain. Mm. So the reason that, but it doesn't mean that, you know, they've got some biomechanical compensation that they've been living with, with knee pain, for instance. Well, there's an avenue there to to, um, for um, some interaction with, for chiropractic treatment. Um, But the thing is that the guidelines have made those distinctions because in the past patients that had A thought of, um, not a thought, had it been living with chronic low back pain, but it was still functioning. They had high levels of self-efficacy, low levels of disability, weren't really too fussed about it um, cognitively, and they just got on with life. Um, What was actually happening decades ago was that people were getting um, treatment from various um, um, therapies, um, and that doesn't just mean um, non-medical therapies, also medical therapy therapies and what tended to happen is similar to um, uh, compensa- compensation schemes, basically the, the level of disability started to increase because there was some secondary gain there. Mm. Um, yeah, I hope that
0: makes sense. Yeah, and I guess the bottom line is, you know, guidelines are there to guide. They're not, uh, they're not black and white. And, uh, and, and obviously, doctor experience needs to come into play. And the person in front of you is individual. Uh, if they were in that study, then it doesn't mean you ignore the study. You nef- definitely know what's, uh, what information is out there. But you need to apply that to the individual in front of you. Anyway, we've gone off topic just a little bit. Let's jump back on and talk about your study. Um, how many participants and what were the inclusion criteria?
1: Okay. Yeah, there were 108 participants. And um, so the patient looks like someone who's middle-aged. It was, um, they were half male and half female, um, slightly overweight. Uh, they had high levels of self-efficacy, which means that um, they, they believe their ability to do things physically was actually pretty good. So even though they had chronic back pain, they could still, they could still um, um, believe that they could, they could function quite well during the day. Their levels of disability, which means their ability to perform activities, um, usually in their work um, environment, was actually quite good. So they could still function. Um, their levels of pain were moderate, so they still had levels of pain between, uh, you know, sort of six um, down to about four. Um, so they were still bothered by their pain every day. The average person in the study had pain for between three and five years, which is pretty long. Anthony, um, so. Uh, that was that was sort of the cohort of of um, the patients in the study, um, and I suppose I can just talk you through the variables that we were looking at. We're looking at um, the sort of variables that you'd see. Um, just before, st- just
0: can I just interrupt just for one sec? Just before you go into the variables, and I definitely want to uh, talk about that. But just your the purpose of this study was really to find out well, what is it about these people? What before what variable have they got that's going to make them more prone? to having a, a longer term disability, is that correct? Spot on. And, yes, and this exactly. was for those who were attending both chiropractic or physiotherapy practices, because I think you had both. That's right.
1: Yeah, I missed that. yeah, so the um, I was grateful to have recruited six practices around Australia, um, some chiropractic practices in Victoria and New South Wales and some physiotherapy practices as well. So um, without the help and support of other practitioners who didn't get paid for it, um, I, you know, this and other, many other studies wouldn't be able to, able to actually go to fruition. So I'm grateful to them um, for participating in the study.
0: Great. Thanks for that. that. And then and the variables, you, you had the three groups. Um, I think so, so, um, socio demographic was, and this is the, these, are the group, these are the variables that you're going to track and see who are the people who are less likely to respond well to care. Um, and is there any way of kind of, I guess, identifying that group? early on is that correct
1: yeah exactly so again just to make it real world for um, all the chiropractors listening today um, once the patient walks into your room and uh, they've they've gone through their history of saying i've had back pain for a long time um, it's around this area it feels quite deep and it sounds like non-specific low back pain and they've run through the screening questionnaire and then they're in the medium category that's the patient we're talking about right now yeah Um, And when we look at previous research, we know that there are social factors and psychological and and physical factors that um, that particular patient's going to have. That means that they're still going to have disability, you know, 12 months down the track, despite the treatment that we give them. Um, So if we can highlight some of the social or psychological or physical factors early, it means that, okay, I need to modify the care that I'm going to give this patient. It doesn't mean that I can't treat them just means that the likely outcome is still for disability um, in 12 months time is still going to be sort of a bit sketchy um, so we need to try and figure out well what are some specific things I can help this person with that's, that's going to be beneficial for them and, and meaningful mm-hmm. so the sort of social factors that we know from the research that that mean that someone's going to continue to have disability is if the patient's been seeking treatment um, from other, other practitioners particularly medical practitioners in the last 12 months. So one study um, quoted a hazards ratio of 5.3. So what that means is um, a person or the patient who's been seeking care um, from medical practitioners for 12 months for their back pain and has now come to see the chiropractor, um, that person's five times more likely to still be experiencing back pain compared to someone who hasn't been seeking care, which is Mm. significant. That's, That's a huge amount. So basically I've, we, we use a lot of variables that have been used in other studies, and, but we used it in a, in a chiropractic and, and physiotherapy setting. Um, I'll run through a few other factors that research has shown that um, predict poor or ongoing disability. So that would include um, patients that are um, practicing work using heavy or lifting heavy materials, so um, manual handling um, or strenuous postures, working under a car, um, or working with heavy heavy sheet metal, that sort of thing. Um, and if they've got a, a perceived poor um, general state of health, their hazards ratio was 1.5. Um, the psychological factors we're looking at here are high levels of anxiety um, and depression. Um, I'd like to qualify that and say that that's, you know, people can be anxious and depressed and have high levels of that, um, and that could come from lots and lots and lots of different things. Um, not just not just because they've been living with back pain. So that's a, just a general psychological factor that's been used in some of the screening tools. Um, another psychological factor that can predict ongoing disability is um, negative pain beliefs. So someone who's got negative pain beliefs, for instance, is someone who's got pain, but they think the pain um, uh, is going to affect them forever um, or it could be for, it could be something that's going to possibly um, you know, cause their life to not be as fulfilling as they want it to be, that sort of thing. Another psychological factor is um, fear avoidance behavior. So that could be a patient who um, doesn't want to lift up that box at work because um, they fear that the pain is, that, that lift is going to make their pain come back or make them worse. Um, another psychological factor is pain catastrophizing and poor self-efficacy. We've spoken about the, both of those two already. Um, in terms of physical um, or demographic uh, risk factors, they include older age. Um, a greater expectation of recovery is actually you know positive for for um, improved prognostic uh, abilities. So we use a we use these these factors in the study, and um, I suppose we can just discuss what the results were. If you want yes,
0: to let's jump to that. So, you obviously measured a series of variables. What were the ones, and remembering that this is, uh, I guess, for the people listening, that this is in the, the, the medium risk group. What were, the, what were the variables that showed up for poor disability?
1: Yeah, so um, just to break down the study a little bit, just for the listeners, we, we used Roland Morris' disability questionnaire um, at the beginning, at baseline. We measured that again at, um, at post at at six months. So you've got to, we've got a measure here of well, what's someone's disability level at the beginning before um, they have any care at all, and what's their, um, their level at six months. It doesn't mean that they've had treatment, it doesn't mean the length of tri- it just means that patients in the median risk group are measured at um, baseline and at six months, regardless of treatment. And the variables we use were catastrophizing scale, um, pain specific functional scale, depression scale, Um, pain numeric scale and the modified workability scale. And we um, did an analysis on on the data um, through intention to treat and we used, um, sorry, not intention to treat, we used uh, a multivariable um, analysis. Multivariable analysis allows you to basically figure out what the difference is um, between those two time points, baseline and six months. And what we found was um, there were two variables that stayed in the, uh, in the final predictive model. And that was whether a patient had seen a specialist for their back pain in the, in the previous three months to coming to see the, um, the chiropractor or the physiotherapist, and what their level of workability score was at baseline. Um, so, in, in real world, what that means is when the new patient comes in to see you and they're in the medium risk group, Asking two questions whether they had seen a specialist, a medical specialist for their back pain in the last three months, and what their level of work, what they rate their level of workability now compared to their lifetime best on a scale of zero to 10, um, predicts with some accuracy whether they're going to continue to have disability in, in six months' time. Mm.
0: And that's and I, I mean, that's really interesting, isn't it? That it's uh, that the results are different in the medium group than what they might necessarily be in the um, high risk group. But I guess, like you said, it's um, there's a whole lot of um, psychological overlay with that really high risk group. How or what do we do with this information? Um, how much of that do you, in day to day practice, share with your patients? Do you do you talk about look? There's a um, a lower risk of care because of um, these two factors, uh, or do you, is that something you just keep in the back of your mind and think, okay, we need to uh, maybe think more broadly in terms of our care. H- how do you use this information?
1: I was so um, uh, excited when I first came up with the when we came up with these findings, only because there were two simple questions that can be asked um, mm. during a consultation. Um, I must say the limitation with the study is that. Um, there were so this model here predicted uh, roughly for um, thirty-five to forty percent of the outcome. So, which means that the outcome is due to other factors that we didn't measure, and that's yes. a huge study. Yeah. But what I've done um, for a change, actually, in my practice, is our intake form. I added those two questions onto my intake form. Right. Um, so the question I added actually is the simple question which is straight from the study is have you seen a medical specialist in the last three months um, for your back pain and it's just a simple um, categorical yes or no Uh, and then the other question pretty much straight underneath is how do you rate your your workability um, or your ability to work now compared to your lifetime best on a scale of um, one to ten so i've added that to my intake forms and it's almost the first thing I look at now um, when a patient comes in and i um, complaining of, of chronic back pain or ongoing back pain. And what it does is it doesn't mean that I'm going to sort of talk to them about it um, directly to start with. It's, it's just something like you said, I've got it in the back of my mind knowing, okay, this patient's been around to different practitioners, maybe seen a few chiropractors or a few um, physiotherapists probably gone and see their GP and had some medication and, um, and, they've, and they had gone and seen a specialist, so they've probably had an MRI or a CT scan or some sort of imaging. So I know that they've already had lots of messages about their back pain from various practitioners. Not sure how helpful um, or unhelpful the messages have been, but um, once someone's been through various um, consultations, more than likely like any, any, any practitioner, we've all got different opinions. Um, because we, we have lived different lives and we've seen different things. So we may explain something to somebody, particularly back pain a bit differently um, compared to the next practitioner. So that one is sort of like like sitting in the, in the back of my mind whenever someone says they've seen another practitioner for their back pain. Yep. Um, the other th- question is their workability. If someone's rating their workability as low now compared to their lifetime best, it means that the, the person's... Ha- knows what they, they're capable of because they've, they've worked a particular um, capacity before. And they know that now with chronic back pain, they can't reach that capacity. Yeah. So um, it means they're either disappointed with themselves because they can't accomplish things at the moment. So that's, that's another, another sort of yellow flag in my mind knowing, okay, well um, maybe I need to start addressing um, expectations um, now because they may be trying to meet expectations that they had, um you know 30 years ago but things are different now
0: yes absolutely um, we've, we've talked about a couple of screening tools The start back uh, screening tool was obviously one that you used in your uh, to determine whether someone was at low uh, medium or high risk but what, what are some of the uh, key outcome measures that you would use uh, in a patient who may be presented with low back pain um
1: i'll start with screen with start back um because it's simple and quick um, you've got the Arebro, which is another great tool, um, that's got some stratifying in there as well. Um, and it's looking at, 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 different, um, psychological and social and physical profiles. So both of those two are great. I think Anthony,
0: what um, was the second one? I missed what you said then. Arebro, Rebo, R right. E E R O, Rebo screening tool. Yep. Got it.
1: Um, if you go to most of the workers' compensation websites, for instance, I think Victorian Workers' Compensation's got some really good screening tools available for practitioners. Um, as I'm sure um, ACA's got some in the back-end portal as well. Um, I can certainly make some available. A list. Oh, 11.
0: just, you know, that's fine. I just, in terms of understanding which ones you might use day to day in practice, I mean, there's a plethora out there. Um, and I agree that the start back is certainly one that's good because it's simple and quick. But just um, what, 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 what other sort of outcome? measures would you use um roland morris or, or any of those yeah, or?
1: it depends on the condition so yeah if we're talking chronic back pain um i'll use the screening tool first the um, start back screening tool so I'd, okay i know that okay they're in low medium or high risk um, if they've had if they're c- coming with back pain i'll use the roland morris disability questionnaire um, it gives you a rating score out of 24 0 to 24 um the higher the score the more level of disability they're experiencing at that time Um, so you can use that score again after a course of treatment so if you're making a recommendation for a course of treatment say um, you're going to reassess again a major reassessment again in say um, three or four weeks time you can rerun that um, roller morris questionnaire and then you can say okay well there's a change in roller morris score from baseline to now at at the four week mark so then, that's the time to sit down with your um, with your goals with your patient, and see if you've achieved them or if they need to be modified, um, and if treatment needs to change, cease or continue. Um, there are other. There's another questionnaire you can use, which is a great one. Um, it's the patient-specific functional questionnaire, um, mm. which most chiropractors have used. Yeah, I like that one because it's it's specific to the patient. So you, the patient will say to you, "Okay," um, or you can just ask a question what specific function can can't you um, uh, can't you do right now for instance tying up your shoelaces or um, getting out of the car getting out of bed in the morning they're very specific and you can write them down to three lines and um, you can give them a score and then you've got a nice objective test rerun again at the um, yeah. four week mark you can say okay well after treatment you know things have gone pretty well um and we know objectively that these improvements have, have um have changed
0: fantastic well look i think that's been really interesting uh, chat that we've had today john thank you so much for making yourself uh, available well done on your phd and well done on the study um, i think you've shown that um it's been worth the aca's investment in you so congratulations
1: thanks anthony i really appreciate it yeah i appreciate your support over the years um you've been fantastic um leading the aca into some amazing territory uh, where we are right now and i think the future of the profession is bright um because you've got great leaders like yourself matthew fisher and the rest um at the helm so thank you and and, uh and thanks the ACA
0: yeah that's an absolute pleasure mate uh well that's it for me thanks for listening I hope this podcast has been helpful in your quest for excellence and look forward to chatting with you again on our next ACA podcast